Chapter 15 of Nobody. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Nobody by Susan Warner. Chapter 15 Tactics. Miss Carruthers carried on tactics with which she had begun. Lois had never in her life found her society so diligently cultivated. If she walked out, Miss Carruthers begged to be permitted to go along. She wished to learn about the islands. Lois could not see that she advanced much in learning, and sometimes wondered that she did not prefer her brother or her lover as instructors. True, her brother and her lover were frequently of the party, yet even then Miss Julia seemed to choose to take her lessons from Lois, and managed as much as possible to engross her. Lois could see that at such times Tom was often annoyed, and Mr. Lennox amused at something. She could not quite tell what, and she was too inexperienced and too modest withal to guess. She only knew that she was not as free as she would have liked to be. Sometimes Tom found a chance for a little walk and a talk with her alone, and those quarters of an hour were exceedingly pleasant. Tom told her about flowers, in a scientific way, that is, and made himself a really charming companion. Those minutes flew swiftly, but they never were many. If not Julia, at least Mr. Lennox was sure to appear upon the scene. And then though he was very pleasant too and more than courteous to lois somehow the charm was gone it was just as well lois told herself but that did not make her like it except with tom she did not enjoy herself thoroughly in the carruthers society she felt with a sure secret fine instinct that they were not high-bred enough to hide that they did not accept her upon their own platform I do not think the consciousness was plain enough to be put into words. Nevertheless, it was decided enough to make her quite willing to avoid their company. She tried, but she could not avoid it. In the house, as out of the house, Tom would seek her out and sit down beside her. And then Julia would come to learn a crochet stitch, or Mrs. Carruthers would call her to remedy a fault in her knitting, or to hold her wool to be wound, refusing to let Mr. Lennox do it under the plea that lois did it better which was true no doubt or mr lennox himself would join them and turn everything tom said into banter until lois could not help laughing though she was yet vexed so days went on and then something happened to relieve both parties of the efforts they were making a very strange thing to happen at the isles of shoals mrs wishart was taken seriously ill she had not been quite well when she came and she always afterwards maintained that the air did not agree with her. Lois thought it could not be the air, and must be some imprudence. But however it was, the fact was undoubted. Mrs. Wishart was ill, and the doctor, who was fetched over from Portsmouth to see her, said she could not be moved and must be carefully nursed. Was it the air? It couldn't be the air, he answered. No one ever got sick at the Isles of Shoals was it some imprudence couldn't be he said there is no way in which she could be imprudent and she could not help living a natural life at appledore no it was something the seeds of which she had brought with her and the strong sea air had developed reasoning that lois did not understand but she understood nursing and she gave herself to it night and day there was a sudden relief to miss julia's watch and ward Nobody was in danger of saying too many words to Lois now. Nobody could get a chance. She was only seen by glimpses. 
how long is this sort of thing going on inquired mr lennox one afternoon he and julia had been spending a very unrefreshing hour on the piazza doing nothing impossible to say i'm rather tired of it how long has miss wishart been laid up now a week and she has no idea of being moved well are we fixtures too you know what i came for george if tom will go i will and thankful tom said the gentleman as tom at this minute came out of the house have you got enough of appledore i don't care about appledore it's the fishing tom i may remark had been a good deal out in a fishing boat during this past week that's glorious but you don't care for fishing old boy oh don't i no not a farthing seriously don't you think we might mend our quarters you can said tom of course i can't go while mrs wishart is sick i can't leave those two women here alone to take care of themselves you can take julia and my mother away where you like and good riddance muttered lennox as the other ran down the steps and went off he won't stir said julia you see how right i was are you sure about it why of course i am quite sure what are you thinking about i was just wondering whether you might have made a mistake a mistake how i don't make mistakes well that's pleasant doctrine but i'm not so certain i've been thinking whether tom is likely ever to get anything better than this girl george don't you think he deserves something better my brother what are you thinking of tom has got an enormous fancy for her i can see that it's not play with him and upon my honor julia i don't think she would do anything to wear off the fancy not if she can help it returned julia scornfully she isn't a bit of a flirt and you think that's a recommendation men like flirts this girl don't know how that is all i do not believe she knows how to do anything wrong now do set up a discourse in praise of virtue what if she don't that's nothing to the purpose i want tom to go into political life a virtuous life wouldn't hurt him there and an ignorant country-bred untrained woman won't help him would she tom will never want help in political life for he will never go into it well i've had my say and i resign myself to Alvador for two weeks longer only mind you i question if tom will ever get anything as good again in the shape of a wife as you are keeping him from now it is something of a responsibility to play providence the situation therefore remained unchanged for several days more mrs wishart needed constant attention and had it and nobody else saw lois for more than the merest snatches of time i think lois made those moments as short as she could tom was in despair but stuck to his post and his determination and with sighs and groans his mother and sister held fast to theirs the hotel at appledore made a good thing of it then one day tom was lounging on the piazza at the time of the steamers coming in from portsmouth and in a short time thereafter a new guest was seen advancing towards the hotel tom gave her a glance or two he needed no more she was middle-aged plain and evidently not from that quarter of the world where mr tom carruthers was known neatly dressed however and coming with an alert business step over the grass and so she mounted to the piazza there she made straight for tom who was the only person visible is this the place where a lady is laying sick and another lady is tending her 
that is the case here said tom politely miss lothrop is attending upon a sick friend in this house that's it miss lothrop i'm her aunt how's the sick lady dangerous not at all i would say returned tom but miss lothrop is very much confined with her she'll be very glad to see you i have no doubt allow me to see about your room and so saying he would have relieved the newcomer of a heavy handbag never mind she said holding fast you're very obliging but when i'm away from home i always hold fast to what i've got and i will go to miss lothrop's room are there any more folks in the house certainly several this way i'll show you then i suppose there's plenty to help nurse and they have no call for me i think miss lothrop has done the most of the nursing your cone will set her a little more at liberty she's been very much confined with her sick friend what have the other folks been about oh not helping much i'm afraid and of course a man is at a disadvantage at such a time are they all men inquired mrs mark suddenly no i was thinking of my own case i would have been very glad to be useful oh said the lady that's the sort of world we live in most of it ain't good for much when it comes to the pinch thank you much obliged tom had guided her upstairs and along a gallery and now indicated the door of lois's room lois was quite glad to see her aunt as tom had supposed she would be auntie whatever has brought you here to the isles of shoals not to the isles you may bet i've come to look after you why i'm well enough but it is very good of you no it ain't for i want an excuse to see what this place is like you haven't grown thin yet what's all the folks about that they let you do all the nursing oh it comes to me naturally being with mrs wishart who should do it to be sure said mrs marks who should do it most folks are good at keeping out of the way when they are wanted there's one clever chap in the house he showed me the way up here who's he fair hair yes and curly a handsome fella and he knows you oh they all know me by this time this one particularly well i knew him in new york i see what's the matter with this sick woman i don't know she's nervous and feverish and does not seem to get well as she ought to well if i was going to get sick i'd choose some other place than a rock out in the middle of the ocean seems to me i would one never knows what one may be left to do one cannot generally choose where one will get sick said lois smiling yes you can said the other sharp as a needle if one's in the wrong place one can keep up till one can get to the right one you needn't tell me i know it and i've done it i've held up when i hadn't feet to stand on nor a head to hold if you're mine too you can nervous huh that's the trouble with folks that hadn't enough to do mercy i don't wonder they get nervous but you've had a little too much lois and you show it now you go lie down and i'll look after the nerves how are they all at home splendid charity goes around like a bee in a bottle as usual ma's well and madge is handsome as ever garden's growing up to weeds and i don't see as there's anybody to help it but that corner peach tree's ripe and as good as if you'd had fifteen gardeners it's time i was home said lois sighing no it ain't not if you're having a good time here are you having a good time 
Well, I've been doing nothing but take care of Mrs. Wishart for this week past. Well, now I'm here. You go off. Do you like this queer place, I want to know? Auntie, it's just perfectly delightful. Is it? I don't see it. Maybe I will by and by. Now go off, Lois. Mrs. Marks from this time took upon herself the post of head nurse. Lois was free to go out as much as she pleased, yet she made less use of the freedom than one might have expected and still confined herself unnecessarily to the sick room. Why don't you go? her aunt remonstrated. Seems to me you ain't so dreadful fond of the Isles of Shoals after all. If one could be alone, sighed Lewis. But there's always a pack at my heels. Alone? Is that what you're after? I thought half the fun was to see the folks. Well, some of them, said Lois. But as sure as I go out to have a good time with the rocks and the sea as I'd like to have it, there comes first one and then another and then another and maybe a fourth and the game is up. Why, I don't see how they should spoil it. Oh, they do not care for the things I care for. The sea is nothing to them, and the rocks less than nothing. And instead of being quiet, they talk nonsense, or what seems nonsense to me, and I'd as leave be at home. What do they go for them? I don't know. I think they do not know what to do with themselves. Well, why do they stay here for then, for pity's sake? If they're tired, why don't they go away? I can't tell. That is what I've asked myself a great many times. They are all as well as fishes, every one of them. Mrs. Marks kept her peace and let things go their train for a few days more. Mrs. Wishart still gave her and Lois a good deal to do, though her ailments roused no anxiety. After those few days, Mrs. Marks spoke again. What keeps you so mum? she said to Lois. Why don't you talk as other folks do? I hardly see them, you know, except at meals. Why don't you talk at meal times? That's what I'm asking about. You can talk as well as anybody, and you sit as mum as a stick. Auntie, they all talk about things I do not understand. Then I'd talk about something they do not understand. Two can play at that game. It wouldn't be amusing, said Lois, laughing. Do you call their talk amusing? It's the stupidest stuff I ever did here. I can't make head or tail of it, nor I don't believe they can. Sounds to me as if they're trying amazing hard to be witty and couldn't make it out. It sounds a good deal like that, Lois assented. They go on just as if you wasn't there. And why shouldn't they? Because you are there. I'm nothing to them, said Lois quietly. Nothing to them? You're worth the whole lot. They do not think so. And politeness is politeness. I sometimes think, said Lois, that politeness is rudeness. Well, I wouldn't let myself be put in a corner so if I was you. But I am in a corner to them. All the world is where they live. And I live in a little corner down by Shampusha. Nobody's big enough to live in more than a corner. If you come to that and one corner's as good as another, that's nonsense, Lois. Maybe, Auntie. But there is a certain knowledge of the world, a habit of the world, which makes some people very different from other people. You can't help that. I don't want to help it, said Mrs. Marks. I wouldn't have you like them for all the black sheep in my flock. End of chapter 15 Recording by Cheryl Michelle